This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, May 6th. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Rachel Del Judas. Congressman Andrew Clyde recently returned from a trip to the U.S.-Mexico border. On his flight back, he sat next to illegal immigrants. He joins the Daily Signal podcast to talk about his experience and who is paying for the travel within the United States of those who cross the border illegally. Don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now, on to our top news. Facebook's Independent Oversight Board says President Donald Trump will remain banned from the social media platform for the time being. The board wrote in a statement that they found that in maintaining an unfounded narrative of electoral fraud and persistent calls to action, Mr. Trump created an environment where a serious risk of violence was possible. While the board found it appropriate for Facebook to continue the suspension on Trump's account, they also concluded that an indefinite suspension was not appropriate. Facebook executive Nick Clegg said in a statement that we will now consider the board's decision and determine an action that is clear and proportionate. Trump responded to Facebook's announcement in a statement Wednesday, writing, What Facebook, Twitter, and Google have done is a total disgrace and an embarrassment to our country. Free speech has been taken away from the president of the United States because the radical left lunatics are afraid of the truth. But the truth will come out anyway, bigger and stronger than ever before. Conservatives are blasting Facebook after the social media giant said it would keep in place an indefinite ban to keep former President Donald Trump off the platform. Here's what Mark Meadows, Trump's former chief of staff, told America's Newsroom. The Oversight Board will uphold the ban on Donald Trump. Your reaction? Yeah, it's, it's a sad day for America. Hmm. It's a sad day for Facebook, because I can tell you a number of members of Congress are now looking at, do they break up Facebook? Do they make sure that they don't have a monopoly? And I can tell you that it's two different standards, one for Donald Trump and one for a number of other people that are on their sites and, and suggesting that uh, uh, more nefarious things than what the president has been accused of actually go unnoticed often. And so this is a sad day for America, but a sadder day for uh, uh, the, the, the Facebooks of the world who have actually enjoyed a, a very wild, wild west kind of regulatory environment. I can tell you that's going to change. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said Wednesday on Twitter that Facebook is more interested in acting like a Democrat super PAC than a platform for free speech and open debate. If they can ban President Trump, all conservative voices could be next. A House Republican majority will reign in big tech power over our free speech. House Minority Whip and Republican Representative of Louisiana Steve Scalise is calling for Representative Liz Cheney, Republican of Wyoming, to be ousted from her position as House Republican Conference Chair. Scalise says that Representative Elise Stefanik, Republican of New York, should take Cheney's place as conference chair. Cheney has come under increased scrutiny from Republicans for her criticism of former President Donald Trump. She is one of only 10 GOP members to vote to impeach President Trump. And last week, she tweeted the 2020 presidential election was not stolen. Anyone who claims it was is spreading the big lie. 
Lauren Fine, a spokesperson for Representative Scalise, says that House Republicans need to be solely focused on taking back the House in 2022 and fighting against Speaker Pelosi and President Biden's radical socialist agenda. And Elise Stefanik is strongly committed to doing that, which is why Whip Scalise has pledged to support her for conference chair. Now stay tuned for my conversation with Congressman Andrew Clyde on his trip to the border. Conservative women, conservative feminists. It's true, we do exist. I'm Virginia Allen, and every Thursday morning on Problematic Women, Lauren Evans and I sort through the news to bring you stories and interviews that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning or problematic women. That is women whose views and opinions are often excluded or mocked by those on the so-called feminist left. We talk about everything from pop culture to policy and politics. Search for Problematic Women wherever you get your podcasts. I'm joined today on the Daily Signal podcast by Congressman Andrew Clyde of Georgia. Congressman Clyde, it's great to have you with us on the Daily Signal podcast. Well, Rachel, thank you very much for the invitation, and it's good to be with you, too. Well, thanks for making the time. So you recently uh, were just on the trip to the border, and we actually went on another trip in January. So um, this is something, the situation at the border, that has really heated up uh, since Inauguration Day and up till now in April. Can you tell us what you saw on your most recent trip to the border? Sure. I was at the border just a couple of weeks ago. And this time, instead of being in Arizona, I was in the Rio Grande Valley portion of Texas, and I was absolutely aghast at what I saw, and that is the unaccompanied alien children, or their UACs, the acronym they use, but they are overcrowded. Their facilities are, you see smugglers coming over with these children the human smuggling that is occurring, just the incentives to bring unaccompanied children or to bring minor children under the age of seven uh, across the border because they believe that um, that if they come across with a with a small child, then they will get to stay in the United States. And unfortunately, that's exactly what's happening. They are staying in the United States because. President Biden's executive orders have created this crisis. It's the Biden border crisis. He needs to to own it because it was the Biden administration's creation. And this is wrong. We do not treat people this way. Um, We do not incentivize them to make a 1,500-mile trip um, across dangerous lands um, to come to the United States. And, um, and and illegally, that's just wrong. Well, something that you mentioned was the situation of the children, the minors at the border. And I think a lot of times what people see on, you know, the nightly newscasts on TV is these families coming over. But can you talk a little bit more about the situation of child smuggling and how um, the cartel is involved in a lot of these situations? What did you observe and what do you know about, you know, and not being just the families, how the cartel is involved in these situations? Sure. I'll give you a personal example. Um, On the Sunday evening that we were there, we came across a group of seven people, three teenage minors, 
and uh, two male adults, one with a little girl and one with a little boy. And through interviews, discussions, etc., they found out that the man with the little boy, that was actually his son. But the man with the little girl, that little girl was not related to him at all. So that was a human smuggler right there. And literally within 24 hours, they had the man with the little with his son on an airplane into the country. I think he was on his way to New Jersey, um, courtesy of the United States. We paid for the ticket. Um, we processed him and moved him forward. But the smuggler, he was returned to Mexico under Title 42 authority, which I'm fortunate that we still have. Because the Remain in Mexico policy, the Biden administration eliminated that. And, um, um, but that girl uh, now went into the unaccompanied alien children holding facilities. And we, we have no idea um, you know, where her family is, uh, but we do know that she was, uh, she was trafficked. And with this administration incentivizing this kind of behavior – it has literally made the federal government the last chain in human smuggling for children, and it is wrong. This has to get out to the American people, and they've got to know that, that to, to, to speak up and say, no, stop this. It's really, thank you for sharing that. It is, it's very sobering to hear about. Uh, something that you had mentioned, and you just mentioned this as we were um, talking about uh, this human smuggling situation. You had said uh, after your trip back from the border, you sat next to illegal migrants on your flight home. Can you tell us about that experience and what happened? Absolutely. You know, we were there on Sunday, Monday, and returned home on Tuesday. And on the Monday was when that uh, the father and son were sent back. And then Tuesday morning on my flight, I was sitting right beside an illegal um, alien that had come from Guatemala with her daughter, and she had this envelope that says, I don't speak English, please help me, you know, find my airplane and get on the right flight. And now on the other side of it was her itinerary. She was on her way to Philadelphia. So I know that in one instance, the day before, someone was going to New Jersey, another person was actually going to California, the one beside me was going to Philadelphia. This basically makes every solitary state of the union a border state because as these illegals come across the border, they're farmed out to every state of the union. And we don't know whether or not they have actually had a negative COVID test so that they can actually be shown to not be carrying the COVID-19 virus. So it was very disconcerting to me to be sitting beside these people. Um, you know, if you come into the United States legally through a regular port of entry, you fly in, you have to show a negative COVID-19 test within three days of, of arrival at that port of entry if you come in legally. But if you come in illegally, you don't have to do that at all. There's no requirement whatsoever, which is why it is absolutely necessary that we mandate by law that anyone who comes here legally has to have a COVID-19, a negative COVID-19 test. And if they test positive, then they have to be quarantined. But that experience showed me that there are many, many, many 
illegals that come into the country and are flown to all states of the union from border states, courtesy of our government. Well, yeah, that was one of my next question, Congressman Clyde. Who is paying for the transportation of these uh, migrants? You mentioned some are flying to Florida, some are flying to Philadelphia. I forget what other states you mentioned, but who's paying for these plane tickets? We are. The taxpayers are paying for this. This is federal government-funded activity. Not only that, they don't even have to abide by the TSA rules because they don't have any valid government-issued ID. So, um, you know, TSA is allowing them to fly with um, with everyone else without government-issued photo ID. So, um, so the government's paying for it, and this is wrong. They are bypassing the standard TSA security protocol as well. Well, looking at your trip as a whole and kind of reflecting back on it, what stood out to you most from your visit to the border? What 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 some what is something that you were made aware of or an experience you had? What is something that really um, stands out to you as something that really was instructive um, during that visit? Well, we had an opportunity to look at the border wall. I mean, other than the fact that there indeed is a huge crisis and in the Rio Grande Valley, it is a focal point of that crisis. But there is 89 miles of the border wall that has been approved and funded by Congress and signed into law uh, back in 2019 or 2020. Of that 89 miles, 21 miles has been built. So you still have um, 68 miles that has not been built, that has been funded, and because of the president's executive order, President Biden's executive order, that construction has ceased, and that's wrong. That you cannot just uh, stop construction on a wall that by law is required to be built. And then also, part of that missing 68 miles is a, is a levy. You know, there's a levee system all around the Rio Grande Valley because of the constant flooding that occurs for the Rio Grande River. And where we were, a significant portion of that levee had been torn down in preparation for the new levee being built. And we got great pictures and video of part of the new levee already in place, ready to be the concrete to be poured, you know, the rebars up, the foundations was being built, but now it stopped. And we're about to go into hurricane season where the chance of the fl- of flooding for the Rio Grande Valley significantly increases. But now all these American citizens who live along the Rio Grande River, the levee's gone. It was torn down with the expectation of building a new, better levee that now construction has ceased because of Biden's executive order. And that's wrong, too. That really struck me as um, – um, as something that that we just don't do. We do not treat American citizens like that. Well, the Biden administration has said what's happening at the border isn't a crisis. And as someone who just came back from the border and saw firsthand what's happening, what would you say? Well, I would like to see Camilla Harris show up at the southern border. She has been appointed as the borders are for over a month now, and she has yet to even go to the border it is a crisis. There is no question that it is a crisis at the border. And it is one of the, the, the greatest disasters along our border, I think, that has ever happened. And um, 
so so President Biden actually he himself needs to come to the southern border and look at it. But I don't think he will at least send the vice president to the southern border so she can see for herself the extent of the crisis. There's no denying there's a crisis and 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 the crisis is a is a significant one. I mean, we've had 172,000 illegals come across the border in March alone, and that doesn't include all of the ones that we missed. Those are just the ones that were caught. It's a crisis, a huge crisis. Well, what would you like uh, the people to know, people across this country, about the situation at the border that the mainstream media might not be reporting on? I want the people across the country to know that the conduct of our federal government is shameful when it comes to the border. It can be fixed. It can be fixed by going back to the policies that were in place before the inauguration. So there is great hope. We can fix this on the border this week. We could fix it tomorrow if we would go back to returning to, to constructing the wall to put the remain in Mexico policy back in place and then commit to testing for COVID-19 for every solitary person that comes across that border. If we, if we start the wall again, and if we return to the remain in Mexico policy, that will send a very strong signal that says, do not come. If you're going to come to this country, come through the, the legal ports of entry, not the illegal ones. It will give the Border Patrol the pause that they need in this massive migration for them to get a handle on what's going on. Well, even though Georgia isn't a border state, how does illegal immigration impact Georgia? Because just like that illegal immigrant from Guatemala that was sitting beside me on her way to Philadelphia, there are plenty of them on their way to Atlanta. And as a result, it makes every state of the union, including Georgia, a border state. And when you have illegals coming across the border that have not been COVID-19 tested, and they are flown within just days to international airports in every state of the union, including Georgia, including Atlanta, then it makes Georgia a border state. Well, you, along with your House and Senate colleagues, uh, joined together in calling for an investigation into President Biden's suspension of border wall construction. Before we uh, end here, can you just give us an update on what's happening with this? We have called for an, an investigation into that. Um, I think that, um, that the president needs to do the right thing, and he needs to uh, reverse his executive orders, rescind his executive orders, because uh, that's what's good for America. The president needs to do what is right for America and restore order along the border. And he can do that by rescinding his executive orders, restarting the wall, putting back in place the remain in Mexico policy, um, and stop incentivizing illegals from Central America um, to come to the United States in, uh, in expectation of uh, gaining uh, uh, legal entry. Well, Congressman Clyde, thank you so much for joining us on the Daily Signal podcast. It's been great having you with us. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity and um, just be happy to, to talk to you again when, uh, when the time is right. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. 
You can find The Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.